Coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, is Saudi Arabia getting ready to join the Abraham Accords? New details about a potential normalization agreement between Israel and the Saudi Kingdom. Plus, an unfolding plan to unfreeze billions of dollars in Iranian funds in exchange for American prisoners. And we say goodbye to a beloved CBN host who went home to be with the Lord. We reflect on Scott Ross's incredible life and love for Israel. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Julie Stahl. The U.S. and Saudi Arabia have agreed on the broad outlines of a deal for the Saudi Kingdom to recognize Israel, according to the Wall Street Journal. Saudi Arabia's recognition would come in exchange for Israeli concessions to the Palestinians, including some that could lead to the creation of a Palestinian state, security guarantees from the U.S., and helping the Saudis develop a civilian nuclear program. U.S. officials hope to work out the details in the coming year, though they admit the odds are tough and there's a long way to go. Meanwhile, the U.S. and Iran are working on a deal of their own. Iran has agreed to release five American prisoners in exchange for billions of dollars frozen in South Korea. While the deal is still being negotiated, Iran transferred the Americans to house arrest last week. The State Department said the deal does not provide sanctions relief to Iran and the billions can only be used for humanitarian purposes. The final money transfer, along with the release of the Americans, is expected in the coming weeks. I spoke with CBN News political analyst John Wagge about these latest developments. John Wagge, thanks for joining us. So we're marking this month the third anniversary of the Abraham Accords when Israel made peace deals with some of the Gulf states. And now there's talk that there may be normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia. How would that affect the region? What are the chances of this happening? Well, I think the chances are pretty good overall. Within a year, who knows? But you see the transformation in the region already, just with the United Arab Emirates and some of the Gulf states, Morocco. These are countries that the cultural exchanges are tightening, the economic ties are tightening, bigger business being done. You got flights going from Tel Aviv to the UAE and to other places in the region. It's already happening just in three years. We've seen a pretty big transformation in the Middle East that probably doesn't get the coverage that it deserves. Saudi Arabia would be monumental if they were added to it. But there are lots of big hurdles in the way. And uh, among them is the presence of Iran and the fact that the Biden administration is wanting to find some sort of negotiated track to keep Iran away from Israel, and Israel's not going to compromise on its security. So uh, that one, and then, of course, the Palestinians, which, which the Biden administration has been advocating a long time for a Palestinian state, and Israel's never going to compromise its security, even related to that. So there are a lot of roadblocks, a lot of hurdles in the way before, uh, you, you know, we can really talk normalization. Yeah, the Saudis have been big supporters of a Palestinian state. They have been, and I, I think if it were just Israel and the Saudis maybe negotiating, they might get to it sooner. But the Biden administration has its own goals in this. And remember, they were flat out opposed a few years ago to the normalization with Saudi Arabia because they considered Saudi Arabia to be a pariah state. And it's mm -hmm. only recently with the movement in the region where they thought maybe we can package this all together and get a Palestinian state, a normalization of some sort with the Palestinians, and that would fold in Saudi Arabia. 
but there's still lots and lots of uh, roadblocks before that can happen. Yeah, now you mentioned Iran. Uh, there's a, recently this deal uh, to release hostages, uh, American hostages in Iran in exchange for the U.S. releasing a lot of Iranian funds, billions of dollars. Uh, how do you think that could affect the re region? What do you think, what's Israel's response to this? Very problematic, Julie. I mean, obviously, that $6 billion that came out, uh, really it's releasing of funds uh, through a South Korean bank through Qatar, um, and it's going to take time to do that over the weeks, but that's $6 billion. Uh, the Israelis are concerned, lots of Republicans on Capitol Hill are concerned that that $6 billion is going to go right into funding terror, which is what's been happening. Iran has been funding Hamas, funding Islamic Jihad, funding Hezbollah, funding all sorts of terror entities and proxies in the region, and that's bad news, and it's got to be overcome. Well, thank you very much, John, for joining us. Thank you, Julie. Up next, we honor the life and legacy of a beloved CBN host and friend of Israel. I often marvel when Pat tells the stories of the early beginnings. I think, I don't think I would have had the chutzpah to do some of those things that he did. When you're walking by faith, it, it isn't necessarily easy. Watch the CBN story, now available on the CBN Family app. We were right on the cutting edge of things that nobody had seen before, and I know a lot of people thought we were crazy. The CBN story recalls the celebrated history of the Christian Broadcasting Network from its humble beginnings. It was quite a scene, and we walked into this television station. In the control room, there was glass all over the floor. To the renowned ministry that continues to bring the gospel to every nation. When people can hear the gospel on television in their own language, they respond to that. A special presentation in celebration of Pat Robertson's life and legacy. The CBN Story. Watch now on the CBN Family app. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com slash pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. Today, we're honoring CBN's Scott Ross, who went home to be with the Lord on Friday at the age of 84. Scott has been a beloved reporter, host, and personality since the early days of CBN. More than that, he was a father, a husband to his wife, Nedra, and a friend to Israel. Scott Ross is well known to 700 Club viewers for his many years hosting multiple CBN programs and his always entertaining, in-depth interviews with Hollywood stars, musicians, and public figures. Feel forgiven? I really do. 
You I can really accept do. that now. You're not angry with yourself anymore. God loves you. You love you. I'm not angry with myself like I was. No, sir. Prior to his television career with CBN, Scott was a major player in New York City's radio scene, leading to his program being syndicated on over 200 stations, earning him five Billboard Awards. During those days running with the music industry's top artists, he was forced to reevaluate his walk with the Lord that had begun when he was a child. He shared about his faith journey in an interview broadcast on the 700 Club in 2018, appearing with his wife, Nedra. I was from Scotland. My dad was in ministry. I'd given my life to the Lord when I was five. Came to America when I was 10. Uh, but the challenges of a new culture and a number of other things, I, I walked away from the Lord for a long time. So when I was in New York, I, I wasn't really walking with the Lord. So I came back to the Lord in a small church outside Hagerstown, Maryland, where my mom lived, where I'd lived. And uh, I came down to visit her with Nedra, and uh, mom wanted me to go to church. <laughs> I went to church, but I stood in the parking lot and got high first on grass. And I always say this, I sat in the way in the back where the Lord couldn't see us. But in the middle of this church service, someone had a word. There were two people there that the Lord was calling and say, you know, come back to me. I'll take your cares, your worries, put them on me. Scott, along with his famous wife, Nedra Tally Ross of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame supergroup, The Ronettes, would depend on their deep faith to get them through very difficult times. They often reminisced about their early days together. You did pretty well for yourself here, Scott, of course. She's a lovely lady. You met, she was a Ronette. You were captivated right from the beginning, right? Also, you met me at 16 before all the be my baby, so. And she, she became my baby. For Scott and Nedra, living in the South as an interracial couple proved challenging. They became concerned it would even jeopardize CBN's future since Scott was now part of the broadcast. We were doing some TV and to Pat Robertson's credit, I was really accosted by some people, so-called Christians, who wanted to know same thing, where's she from? interracial marriage, etc., And uh, there were people who did not want to support the fledgling CBN at that time because of our marriage. But uh, Pat stood with us and, and said, you know, it's not the money, it's not the issue. And these two are married before God, and that's that. And uh, so we had that kind of support, you know? Did these experiences just bring you two closer together or did it create tension with you? If anything, it was us against the world. We are who we are and we're sticking together. And actually, when we started to pray together was on our honeymoon, which we really didn't know to do that so much. We had come to the Lord and had a real experience with Jesus. Together? Together. So a foundation of your marriage has been praying together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Every day. Right. Every day. In front of the camera, Scott enjoyed hosting the daily talk show, Scott Ross Straight Talk. Okay, this is another one of our fun shows, a real musical. You know, Scott, you're more likely to attack us than we are to attack no, you, Scott. No, Scott, you're, yeah, you're the one copping an Scott, attitude, your not attitude. us. Scott had many memorable one-on-one -on -one interviews. Obedience is a big word. 
Obedience. It, obedience. Yeah, it, it, I remember someone saying to me once, it will, it costs you to obey God. It costs you more not to. Yes. Yes. What did you bring to it? I, 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 not just as an actor, but how do you prepare yeah. to, to play the son of God? <laughs> I, I, it's a great question. How do you prepare? Yeah. Um, you know, by fire. Uh, it, I was playing it. And looking back, there were two words. It was unquenchable fire. Within hours of the planes hitting the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, Scott rushed to New York to tell the stories of survivors and heroes and to minister to the people of New York City. Reveal your son, Jesus Christ, to them through the seeds that have been planted and by the many, many uh, Christians who have come here and prayed over this place. We thank you, Father, for your grace abounding even where iniquity greatly abounds. That even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death here, we will fear no evil. And we ask you, Father, to embolden our people in America and embolden them, encourage them. He was briefly sidelined when he faced an extremely serious cancer diagnosis in 2015. Scott learned much about the Lord during this health battle. People hear that word cancer, they're terrified, right? And, yeah. And God's spoken to you something about that word. You know, the big C is not cancer, it's Christ. The big C is not cancer, it's the cross. The big C is Calvary. The big C is commitment, it's covenant. So it's not cancer. When the Lord's talking to Jeremiah, he said, I took you into a desert. Uh, look at all the times that God was quiet. He didn't answer. That's where trust comes in. That's where faith comes in. And you have to hold to that. You must. In later years after his recovery, Scott often traveled to Israel, bringing viewers in-depth stories from the Holy Land, focusing on biblical archaeology and tensions in the Middle East. And for, for people from my worldview and my Christian view, we take very seriously the psalmist when he says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Yes. As you sit here and as we look at this, how do you pray for this city? Scott will long be remembered for his significant contributions to the 700 Club and worldwide ministry of CBN. Coming up, we look back on Scott Ross's time in the Holy Land with a special visit to Abraham's tomb. Attacks on Jewish lives, communities, and synagogues. The Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And saw my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. Now is the time to defend Israel's basic right to exist. And you can do that through CBN Israel. When you send a gift to the Jewish people through CBN Israel, you are giving humanitarian aid to Israelis in need. And at the same time, you are providing news coverage and documentaries that reveal what is really happening in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Attacks against Israel are ongoing. The need is urgent, and you can help. Call 1-800-813-8734. Go to cbn.com slash standwithisrael or text CBN Israel to 41444.
region's first ROTC graduate. It's Superbook Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this special bonus pack with Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes as our way of saying thanks. I had the pleasure of working with Scott Ross on many stories here in Israel. One of the things he loved the most about the Holy Land was its archaeology. Several years ago, we went to Hebron, one of the largest cities in biblical times, and the burial place of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is Hebron, the place Abraham buried his wife Sarah. Later, according to the Bible, he, his son Isaac, and grandson Jacob, and their wives were all buried here in the place now known as the Cave of the Patriarchs. How old is this building? What is this building? This building stands here 2,000 years. Abraham had purchased the whole field around and the cave some 4,000 years ago. Herod the Great, who constructed Jerusalem's second temple, also built a structure over the cave. 1,200 years later, Muslim conquerors modified the structure by adding minarets. They now consider it the Al-Abrahami Mosque. Jews lived in the city until they were driven out in the 1929 riots. They returned after Israel regained control in 1967 during the Six-Day War. Noam Arnon, a Jewish Israeli, has lived here more than 45 years. The shrine actually is two stories under Muslim control. From the 13th century, Jews and Christians were not allowed in. Revered by Jews, Christians, and Muslims as a holy city, Hebron was the first capital of King David. In Hebron, yeah. everything that you find fits all the biblical sources. When you read in Genesis 23 about Abraham, how he purchased the whole field around and the trees, the cave is there, it's located right beneath the rocks there. In the cave we discovered vessels and pottery from the first temple period. Arnon took me into the massive structure and showed me what they call the gate of heaven. What is written here? In Hebrew, the cave of Machpelah, according to ancient Jewish sources, is the gate of heaven. Let's go and see. Now we're into heaven. Yes. <laughs> Now, actually, a part of the building today is uh, closed for Jews. The part is open. We are in this part. Many people come to pray here from all the world, from all the religions. Today, we speak about Abrahamic religions. Well, Abraham is right here. This is the memorial of Abraham. Actually, the cave is located right beneath mm. this uh, memorial. And we have here three couples. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah. So the actual bones are, are down underneath yes, yes, here? Yes, underneath. How did you discover it? Well, it was in the middle of the night, one of the last nights of the Jewish calendar, and there are special prayers, and people come here and blow the shofar and sing many songs. So there was a lot of noise, and we, covered by that noise, we 
but the tools to open the gates of heaven, like hammers, like chisels. That was decades ago, and no one is allowed in the cave anymore. There were some stairs leading to a dark and long tunnel. We have crawled through this tunnel. We took some stones from the floor, and then we discovered the cave. Actually, it's two caves. I found myself crawling amongst human bones. So it's really to touch the history, to touch the Bible. Nearby is the main synagogue where Jews can pray. Today, the building is divided between synagogue and mosque. The Muslim religious authorities control the religious aspects of the entire place, while Israel maintains the security. A unique arrangement helps keep the peace. As you can see here, Muslims can visit to the big hall. Jews can visit the blue part, which is about one quarter of the whole complex. Christians are allowed to both sides. This is the situation here, 344 days a year. 10 days a year, Jews are allowed to the big hall, and other 10 days a year, the Muslims are allowed to this side, and then the Jews stand outside. Arnon says the arrangements aren't ideal. He'd rather everyone have complete access all the time. We ask the government to open it. They say, it's standing, don't touch it. And it's working, don't touch it. Mm -hmm. So this is how it's working. Mm -hmm. Scott Ross for CBN at the Cave of the Patriarchs in Hebron. Still ahead, they risked everything to hide Jews from the Nazis and paid a heavy price. The incredible true story of faith, forgiveness, and sacrifice when we come back. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us his Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God. I believe this is an extraordinarily well-researched movie that indeed speaks about the integrity of God's Word. It's a real faith boulder. It encouraged me to, to realize God's hand in preserving His Word throughout history. If God is not faithful to His Word, He is not faithful. But this shows that He is. What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they're genuine. I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating, excitement. It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie. Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at cbnradio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day, delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. 
Corey Ten Boon and her family risked everything to hide Jewish refugees from the Nazis in World War II. Their heroic story is told in her 1971 autobiography, The Hiding Place. Now the story has made it to the big screen. Ephraim Graham gives us a look at inside this new film. Oh, my dear Cornelia Arnolda Johanna Ten Boon. My little Corey. <laughs> when the time comes for courage, your father will give you everything you need. Courage, it's the best word to describe the story of Corey Timboom and her humble Dutch family of Christian watchmakers who hid hundreds of Jewish neighbors during World War II risking everything and enduring unspeakable evil. I have some news. Ah. Out with it, then. Isn't he coy about <laughs> it? <laughs> this story, made for the stage, now moves to the big screen. I'm Nan Gurley, and I play Corey Ten Boom. My name is Matt Logan, and I am the director and designer of the stage play. My name is Pete Peterson. I am the writer of the stage play and the producer of the film The Hiding Place. I'm leaving my position at the church. What? But how can you, Willem? I think ministry is not my calling after all. But what will you do? I've opened a home for the elderly. Ah, the elderly. Peterson's play is based on Corey Timboon's book of the same name. What's the process of turning the hiding place into a stage play? That is a great question. I went into it with a lot of fear and trembling. So my wife and I jumped in a plane and started in Amsterdam visited the hiding place in Harlem, uh, where Corey lived. And then we drove across Germany to visit Ravensbrück concentration camp, where Corey and Betsy ended up. And uh, until you've been in a concentration camp, you can't really fathom how big the evil that happened was. To walk into the gas chamber and then to literally stand in front of the oven where Betsy Ten Boom was disposed of. You know, that's a a process of research that really fundamentally changed my relationship to the story. And the one thing that was really clear to me is that it's really easy to think that The Hiding Place is about Corey Ten Boom, and it is, obviously. But Betsy Ten Boom is the real hero of this story in a lot of ways. Like, Corey's um, intent with telling the story in some ways was to honor the beautiful person that her sister was. And so I really wanted to uh, be committed to making sure that we told that story as well. Think she gets overlooked in history? I think she does, yeah. Lots of people know the name Corey Tenboom, mm -hmm. but the name Betsy Tenboom is not talked about as much. And Betsy is just one of the most remarkable people that I've ever encountered. Her ability to be uh, grateful in the midst of the worst circumstances is something that I struggle to do even when I'm just having a bad Monday. <laughs> Kept no Jews, we conducted no raids. Perhaps it would help if you considered me a priest. Why do you think it's important for this to go from stage now to screen? Because it will reach so many more people. We'll get to know this story. The current generation doesn't know a lot about Corey. And it's so important for this story to be retold and retold, not only from the standpoint that if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it, mm -hmm. but also we need to be encouraged. We need to know the names of the people in that cloud of witnesses. Ephraim Graham, CBN News, Nashville, Tennessee. And if I'm to be a good one, I must testify. That's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. 
Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blasts so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. And remember, the God who's watching over Israel, and you and me, neither slumbers nor sleeps. I'm Julie Stahl. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.